0: And we are back. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. Silent, conservative, and just plain right. I got uh, I got a bunch of texts. I mean, like this came spilling in there. Um, so, so yeah, I asked the question right as I go into the break. Uh, just like on a whim, I said the phone number is 833 right Does anybody know why the 6-8? And some of you guys who are regular listeners, you absolutely do. So here's the deal. When we started the show... You know, we had to have our own phone line because we're, we're syndicated now. Everything comes to our right side studios and goes back out. So we got our own phone line. And I wanted the word right or right side to be in there. Well, it didn't fit. You know, you couldn't just, just say, type the words right side. It didn't work. So they came back and they said, we can get the word right, but you're going to have to have, and they gave me some versions, 833 something right, 833 something else right. One of them that I had an option for was 83368 right. My first car was a 68 Mustang. That was my baby. My baby, which many people have heard me talk about on the show periodically. And Boomer is now putting a picture of my 68 Mustang up on the photo gallery at RightSideRadio.org. It's not up there yet. Give him a minute. But um, yep. Uh, And and by the way, some of y'all are like like super memory people. So Jeremy from Huntsville nailed it. Uh, 68 was for Thunderfoot. That was my that was my car's name, Thunderfoot. Uh, you you can just imagine that I didn't drive it the way I wanted my kids to drive later. Moon Pie from Madison said the same thing. 68 equals Thunderfoot. Uh, Chris from Huntsville says, your Mustang, do I win some socks? (laughs) We may have to give away some socks sometimes, Boomer. We'll have to order some of those socks and give them away. Uh, Mark from Owens Crossroads, everyone should know Phil's Mustang. I'm, I'm a little concerned that people knew it too well back in the day. Um, but, uh. Jeff from Indiana says Democrats should be declared a hate group because <laughs> all they do is hate. Um, there's an interesting point. Uh, Dustin Out Yonder, Alabama says working on the rest stop project at the state line now. Got to do my part for sitting at home, living off our tax dollars. If it ain't right, it's wrong. OK, and roll tide, he says, which is, pains me to say that out loud, but I did. Um, Brad from Limestone County chimes in, says the FBI says Catholics are dangerous extremists. Do they know that their boss, Joe Biden, is supposedly a Catholic? That's a great point. Then he goes on to say, so then I guess we're all supposed to conclude the FBI operates at the bidding of a dangerous extremist. I might actually agree with that, he says. Uh, great point. Bruce from Hazel Green, he knew the answer. My first car, oh, his first car was a 66 Mustang fastback, not a 68 like mine. Uh, I, I respect, man. I got respect for it, Bruce. Uh, Gina from Athens says, love to listen to right side radio, especially when you read the funny text. They make me laugh. You got the picture up there now, Boo? Yep. Is it up there? Really? Yeah. Cool. All right, so Thunderfoot is now on the photo gallery at uh, RightSideRadio.org. Uh, Darrell from Huntsville says his was a 68 Roadrunner. Respect, man. I got respect for it. There you go. Uh, Alex from Elkmont says Thunderfoot references two days in a row. Did I, th- did I talk about Thunderfoot yesterday? You did. You talked about Thunderfoot yesterday, I think.
1: We, yeah, we talked about Thunderfoot. <laughs> did we really? Yeah, just uh, real briefly. Just kind of came I in. I mean, way. Thunderfoot is worthy of two days. It's. it's, it's
0: <laughs> not everybody can say they were allowed to drive a car in high school. That had the nickname of Thunderfoot, uh, had a 289. It was it was a small block V8. So I had a 289 board 30 over with an Edelbrock Torque or aluminum intake, a Holly 600 carburetor, Mallory Unilite distributor, Hooker headers, and it, its nickname was Thunderfoot. Um, and then uh, what else I got here? Well, I'll finish these up. Uh, Tony from Piedmont, do you know how to sp- Do you know how to spell the acronym for Sociological Warfare Operations? I don't know where you're heading, brother. Tony, you sent me the most cryptic texts. Um, uh, Alex Melkmont, my coffee idea was Thunderfoot. Oh. 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 I did not recall it that. Nicknamed one of the uh, coffees, uh, Thunderfoot blend. Mm. Interesting. Interesting. It's the one that wakes you up the most. Um, And then Brian Huntsman wants to know if there's any secret documents in the 68 Mustang picture. No, there's not. (laughs) There absolutely are not. Um, so anyway, enough of that. Hey, listen, we're gonna switch gears here on the triple dipper. Racist roads, yeah, racist roads and activist regulators. What am I talking about here? Well, you you may have heard that Pete Booty Judge has been really nailing the whole thing about you know racist roads. Well, they're not just nailing it now. Brand new article came out in the last couple of days. They're putting billions of dollars into it. Billions of your tax dollars are now going to, in some places, even dismantle existing roads because they're deemed to be racist in nature. Hmm. How's that work? Well, I don't know, rightly. They claim that in Detroit that uh, one stretch of uh, Interstate 375 uh, cuts through a neighborhood that was designed to break up a black neighborhood. That's what they say. It's what they say, and that was uh, done back in the what '60s, and now we're going to tear it down and put in what they call a slower-moving road to allow the community to more further develop and to heal. Come on, is this really the way we're going to spend trillions of our taxpayer dollars dismantling existing roads? If if in the first of all, I I dispute the idea that they were built with racism in mind. But secondly, I got to say, if 60 years later the community has not been able to find a way to get across the interstate because they say they divided them like a gash they just they disrupted the whole neighborhood well if you can't find a way to get from one side i've been to detroit by the way i i've been down i375 and I, i'm just going to tell you there's bridges across that thing left and right i mean there's 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 not it's not like you can't do it it's like saying you can't cross the railroad tracks that's ridiculous but that's where we're headed because you know racist roads it's all about the uh, It's all about the racist roads. But then it gets deeper, y'all. As we break this thing down, I've got right here in front of me the checklist for how you can best posture your construction company, your construction company, to have the best ESG plan, which is going to wind up being necessary in order to get a government contract. Because it's not about building a road that sustains the infrastructure requirements of your area. No, it's not about building buildings that are safe and up to code. No, no. It's not about that. It's about whether or not your environmental, social, and governance plan has been implemented and whether or not equitable concerns have been addressed. Oh, guess what's going to wind up happening with all this? Guess who gets to pay for this? Not the company. They're not going to suck it up on their dime. They're not going to say, you know, we're going to implement that uh, ESG plan and do five other things and have to hire an ESG coordinator to write our policies and procedures manual. When we're just going to suck that up because that's part of the cost of doing business. No, it's not. They pass it on to the consumer. And next thing you know, the bids go up. And who pays? We do. You and I. Because of racist roads and activist regulators. What we're seeing right now is a move towards making it far more costly because of what I would have to classify as a first world problem. If you are so first world- that the way to spend your trillions of dollars in taxpayer money is to tear up existing good roads because you're concerned they might have been racist when they were first built. You are a first world country, my friends. You don't have true problems like, I don't know, hunger or national security or the ability to, you know, have mass transit of people from one place to another or jobs, whatever. All I'm saying is this. It is an absolute debacle to think that we're going to be ripping up roads, building out ports, gerrymandering our Medicare and Medicaid infrastructure, and doing other things that are all in the name of equity because some activist regulator decided to put it in place. And that's what we're headed into next. Next. We get back from this break, I'll break all that out for you. Racist roads and activist regulators, number two on the Triple Dipper. It's a good one. And then you're going to want to stay tuned because later in the show, we're going to move to home fries. Get some home fries on a Friday afternoon. Little home fries, cooking them up for you, telling you what's happening around the home state of Alabama. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. Y'all stay tuned. We will be right back. And we are back, Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, solid and conservative and just plain right. And I'm telling you what, we cover down on some ground across the great state of Alabama, way down south of Birmingham, up north of Huntsville, Tuscaloosa, back on over to Gadsden, parts of Georgia, Tennessee, and Mississippi thrown in just for good measure. Uh, Text lines are continuing to just be crazy. So if you're texting in for the very first time, by the way, 833-68-RIGHT, 833-687-4448. If you're texting for the very first time, just text the word right side and you'll get back an automatic message that says something like, hey, welcome, you right side ruffian. And uh, and then tell us your first name and where you're from. After that, we'll have you in the system, along with the hundreds of other people that already do this. I mean, you're you're we're, we're way up in the hundreds. Boomer, am I correct in saying that
1: way up in the hundreds. way up in the
0: hundreds? Like we're we're going to I wonder how long it's going to be till we have thousands in the text line. I won't be able to do anything but just read text all day on the show. <laughs> um, Allie from Athens says her first car, 1960 Volkswagen Microbus. I believe that to be true, Allie. I can just picture it. Um, Brian from Huntsville, racist roads, partially because we once referred to asphalt roads as, as blacktop, he says. "That's, that's I, I don't know. I, he says, I reckon. He said, I'm a dirt road. <laughs> okay. I, anyway, um, Tony from Piedmont, uh, I can't read it. Tony, you're killing me. But he does have, he did have a '67 Dodge Charger. So love that. Um, John from Huntsville says, just wants to know, Boomer, you like iced coffee, or just no coffee at all? No coffee at all, you say? Boomers giving me the, mm.
1: yeah, no coffee.
0: He just, y'all couldn't hear it, but he's kind of went, mm, mm. Mm, not mm.
1: yet, not until we get this ruffian blend.
0: <laughs> well, I have to have the the boom shack a lacca bend or something. Uh the uh Russell uh from Rural Route One in Alabama uh says now they have politically correct veggie fillet sandwiches. Yes, yes you do. Um uh Gina from Athens, someone wanted to name the coffee after your first car yesterday. She just yeah, she reminded us of that. And then says, "Uh, please wake me up and tell me that I'm hearing what I'm hearing is a nightmare. It's 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 all real, Gina. I apologize, but uh, sorry to wake you up and tell you this stuff." Kathy from Harvest, we have hungry kids in this country, and we're wasting money. Yes, ma'am, that is true. Uh, first world problems, we call it. And then Allison from Madison, Allison, is that your Allison from Madison? Just sent us a picture of her in um a uh a, a Shelby AC Cobra. Uh,
1: I saw that. And, and it I was am, awesome. Wow,
0: that is yes. Like, what's under the hood, Allison? What I want to know next: <laughs> small block, large block, big block. What do you got? Um, all right, listen. Uh, moving into this next part of the triple dipper: racist roads and activist regulators. First thing I got right out the gate from the readout blog, Joy Reid, MSNBC. Oh, Phil, did you go to MSNBC? Oh. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. And then I'm going to have to shower afterwards. (laughs) MSNBC, the readout blog from September this past year. The Biden administration is capping off the president's recent trip to Michigan, focused largely on workers' rights and transportation innovation. By the way, it's not transportation innovation when what you're doing is talking about cutting out existing roads. It says the move is part of the Biden administration's broader effort to remake America's infrastructure to be more equitable including addressing racist roads that were designed to facilitate white flight and to deprive black communities of housing and commercial opportunities. Okay. Transportation Secretary Pete Booty Judge confirmed to the Associated Press on Thursday that $104.6 million, 104 point, Boomer, what could we do with Right Side Radio with 104.6? We could take over the world.
1: So yeah, we could.
0: I'll take half of that.
1: Yep. Yeah, half. sure. Just half. Send it over
0: our way. Uh, we are a, we are a fully <laughs> self-contained business, and we are a 501c3. So, by the way, if you want to donate $50 million, we will take over the world with you. Uh, Transportation Secretary Pete Booty Judge confirmed to the Associated Press on Thursday that $104.6 million in federal funds from last year's bipartisan infrastructure bill will go toward a plan to dismantle Interstate 375 in Detroit. Yeah. Dismantle an existing infrastructure. Not... Not repave it, not not provide a new resurfacing, not to, you know, smooth the curves. Nope, no. This stretch of I three hundred seventy five cuts like, oh wait, let me read it like him. This stretch of I three hundred seventy five cuts like a gas <laughs> through the neighborhood. One of the many examples I've seen in communities across the country where a piece of infrastructure has become a barrier. Booty Judge told the AP. Listen, that is hogwash. That's a hundred plus million dollars. Taxpayer dollars going to rip out an existing interstate to basically provide a solution to a created problem. Racist roads, they call it. Well, it gets worse. That was an article from last September. Here's an article from yesterday. Foxnews.com, Booty Judge's DOT spending $662 million dollars to fix America's ports, but only if the projects advance ESG and equity goals. I kid you not. I would not make this up. It would be wrong of me to, to, to try and throw this at you if it were not real. The Department of Transportation announced Thursday that it will award six... By the way, the Port of Alabama, the Port of Mobile, is one of them. The Department of Transportation announced Thursday that it will award $662 million in grant funding to fix up the nation's port infrastructure, but only if those ports advance ESG-style goals such as equity and environmental justice and serving underserved communities. What if there's not an underserved community with a port? What are you supposed to do? What if you don't have anybody in the welding that's going to be building ships in the port that meets the demographic that you need to say that you fixed some equitable problem? Transportation Secretary Pete Booty Judge said America's ports play a central role in our supply chains. Well, he would know a lot about that because he's jammed them up. And that grant funding will help ensure that battered U.S. supply chains are strengthened and the U.S. position for economic success. But the decisions to release these grants will be distributed under their maritime administration will also depend on other factors that this article flat out says have nothing to do with unclogging supply chains. And that's it. See, so here's the thing, y'all. This is what happens when you have activist regulation. This is not law. This is regulatory effort. This is taking something that you've been given the funding to do by Congress and then advancing a regulist or activist agenda in the process. So they're going to announce, (laughs) consistent with Biden's 2021 executive order, not law, executive order, the Advancing Racial Equity and Support for Underserved Communities through the Federal Government initiative, says they intend to use the funding to support what they call, quote, the free and fair choice to join a union and the incorporation of strong labor. St- in other words, what they're saying is, you know what? Hey, uh, Port of Mobile, y'all go ahead and expand your capabilities, dredge you out, make it deeper so you can have, you know, larger ships. Uh, go ahead and provide new crane infrastructure and offloading capabilities and new roads in and out for, um, for the supply chain to be, you know, uh, quickly moved. But in the cross of doing so, you have to use unionized labor. In the, in the course of doing so, too, you, you have to make sure that you've advanced an ESG plan that tells us how green you're going to be in the process. And in the course of doing this, you, you absolutely have to file an ESG plan and keep a handbook on there and have to do through like uh, X number of hours of training for your staff where you shut down all operations to make sure that your, you know, your contractors and your, your construction workers have all sat through a two-hour briefing on ESG. That's what's going to happen. Why do you say that, Phil? Because that's what's happening. The notice also said that the Justice40 initiative is being used on port projects. It's making sure that we have all kinds of things built in like climate change, pollution, environmental hazards. I'm reading this, Drake, from the article. Um, Wow. Wow. Okay, but that being said, it keeps going. What happens when you have an agenda And it begins to affect other aspects of society or other aspects of, you know, growth or for that matter, the supply chain. It's not just racist roads. How about this? The push for EV, the push for electric vehicles, has gotten to the point of being almost a cult-like religion among the left. Now, I don't care if you want a Tesla. I don't care if you want an electric vehicle. I don't care if you choose to plug in your vehicle at night while others tend to fuel up in the morning. I don't care. If you want to do that, that's fine. That's your, But don't mandate it on us. Don't try to pretend that we're not going to need oil and gas in 10 years. But the Biden administration, in an article yesterday on Fox Business, the Biden administration just awarded, awarded, A $2 billion, billion with a B, b b a billion, a $2 billion green energy loan to a Nevada company that recycles electric vehicle batteries. How do we get in on that gig, Boomer? What can we do with Right Side Radio if we had a $2 billion loan from the government guaranteed?
1: $2
0: billion. With a B. With a B. With a B. As in Bravo. Yes. Man, we'd
1: be... We're broadcasting it up to the
0: moon. I'm saying we might put a new studio on the moon at that (laughs) point. That's right. (laughs) Recycling Venture Redwood Materials, which was founded in 2017 by Tesla's former chief technology officer, uh, Jeffrey Straubel, has secured a $2 billion loan from the uh, Department of Energy. Secretary of Energy Jennifer Granholm made the announcement. She says the region is leading the way to a broader story of what's happening in the country. No, it's what's happening. what you're making happen in the country. This is not the free market. This is your government dollars, your tax dollars, being thrown out there to subsidize and underwrite an entire section of industry that cannot stand up on its own. So do we have to recycle these batteries? I reckon so. Do we do we have companies that want to do it and have the capabilities? I guess they can. Can they do it without a two billion dollar government backed loan from the Department of Energy? Apparently not. Do you want to have a wind farm in your backyard? Your choice, man. But do you want to have a wind farm that's built by a company that couldn't have done it otherwise without government propping them up? No, because that means they're not truly viable as an industry yet. Do you want a solar array on your house? You can do that. But should we as taxpayer dollars have to provide you with a credit so you can put a solar energy panel on your house? I don't know that we should. When they make something that is in the free market, that is, that is literally competitive and can, can, can exist, like right now. Uh, granted, we've had situations where they did the, uh, the bailouts and things in the past. But for the most part, the automotive industry has been self-sufficient. It's not requiring government credits to make you go buy their vehicles. They just build the better mousetrap and they compete on the market and you buy the one you like. Oil and gas industry. You don't, you don't see a whole lot of propping them up, all right? You see them using their resources and their shareholder investments to go out and expand their capabilities. It's called the free market. And yet what we're seeing right now is that there's an entire competition being built up in the EV and the green energy uh, sectors that is literally funded with your taxpayer dollars and giving them, trying to give them an edge over existing industry, which has been making this a great nation for 100 years. That was a complete rant. That was just me on, that was just me on a roll, bro. All right, take us to a break. I'm going to have to calm down. We'll go to a break right now. We'll come back. So let me ask you this. If I told you that activist regulators were going to tear down racist roads, would you believe me? Well, of course you would. But what about your Medicare? Did you know that your doctor has to? Have an ESG plan to qualify for Medicare reimbursement, otherwise, the ticket could come back to you? Yeah, we'll talk about it in a minute. It's a story. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back. And we're back. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. Solid and conservative and just plain right. Saving the world one soundbite at a time. Um, no no real updates on the shooting down of that object over Alaska this afternoon. Um, uh, you know, as, as, it, as it develops, I'll, I'll let you know uh, what we see. But I do see the Commerce Department did just add six Chinese companies to their trade blacklist after the spycraft. I don't know why. I guess they've, they've assumed some sort of connection. Uh, but that's 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 interesting, and I'll have to develop that one as we go. I imagine on Monday we're going to be talking about this uh, to some degree. But uh, here's one update for you: Boomer's little man's about to go
1: have baseball tryouts. Oh yeah, baseball tryouts. <laughs> that's <laughs> awesome. And he is how old? Six? Five? Uh, he's yeah, five. So man,
0: so this is uh, T-ball coach pitch. Uh, is... it will be coach pitch. God, that's awesome. So for those of y'all that don't know, Boomer is a major baseball player. I love some baseball, uh, playing some baseball, college baseball, all of it. Just um, yeah. So you were a college baseball player yourself? Yeah, for uh, just for a little while. Uh, yeah, well that counts. A little while counts.
1: Um, but so uh, does he know what position he wants to play? Oh n- no, he just wants to get out on the field right now. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Which and, is fine <laughs> that's just, for him. Like I'm, I'm teaching him how to catch. It keeps hitting them, and I'm like, hey, you better not let it get by you. (laughs) I don't care if it hits you. You you, you just keep it in front of you. It will leave a mark. (laughs) 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 Oh,
0: man, that's just good. I remember Uh, Little Guy Baseball
1: and Little Guy Soccer. Does he play Little Guy Soccer? Oh, yeah. So his favorite sport is whatever he's playing at the time. Okay. So he's in basketball right now basketball. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yes. Well,
0: little guy soccer was uh big in our, you know, repertoire. We had we had T-ball and coach pitch and all that stuff too and then but uh, both my kids, uh, my daughter and my son played uh, little bitty soccer. And what's so funny <laughs> is there's, you know, there were there were there were two versions of, of or there are two positions in little guy soccer. There's the goalie and then there's everybody else chasing Everyone the ball. Else. <laughs> and, and so you like you had a massive humanity that would follow the ball. If somebody got a chance to kick it, then, like, everybody on the field just ran right to the ball. Uh, the and, beehive. beehive. Yeah, I know. It's
1: like there's no That's position. so funny. Uh,
0: but <laughs> I remember one time, too, when uh, my son uh, and both my kids played. But I remember one time my son, uh, he you know, he, play, he played well enough. but there's one time where he, somebody knocked him down, knocked the wind out of him. You know, we had the whole you know, stop the game a minute, let him catch his breath. And he got up and he got mad. And he played great. And I told him, I said, you need to play mad more often. Because that was good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. Hey, man. Anyway, yeah, blessings on you, Dad Boomer. Woo. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited for you. Thank you. All right. Tell him Uncle Phil's going to watch. Oh yeah. I'm coming to a game.
1: Oh, yes. I'm He'll coming to a game. love that.
0: All right. Uh listen, back to this thing about racist roads and activist regulators. So, uh here's the thing. It ain't just in construction. It ain't just in the billions being spent on the ports. It ain't just in, you know, trying to uh, rewrite the way banking takes place or something. No, here's how how about this. How about your medical care? Yeah. So Heritage has a piece that came out in June of last year. So this is like seven months old. It says your Medicare doctors better get to woke school. The federal government wants to take time away from patient care so they can create an equity plan to root out supposed systemic racism this is all quotes, that allegedly pervades the American health care system and creates disparities in health outcomes. Oh, Pursuant to final regulations issued by the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, physicians must comply with President Joe Biden's anti-racist agenda to get additional Medicare payments if they are enrolled in Medicare's merit-based incentive payment system, which is, by the way, almost all Medicare doctors. So here's the thing. Nobody works for free. If 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 you're a lawyer and you do pro bono work, that's a choice. But if you're a lawyer doing pro bono work, you're probably making money elsewhere. You're, you're doing you're doing what you can to earn a living. People don't go into the practice of medicine just so they can be, you know, helpful. They're looking for the opportunity to also make a good living. They it, it takes an amazing amount of finances to create a medical practice. It's a business. Don't think for a second. Well, just this, this, just this a bunch of doctors. No. It's a doctor with a staff. And, oh, by the way, they've got all the, uh, uh, the waiting room supplies and the forms they have to fill out. They have to hire billing clerks. Next thing you know, they need nurses and PAs and everybody else. And if you've got a robust uh, clinic, well, guess what? You might be making money, absolutely, but you're running a business. And what they're doing here is they're crushing businesses with this. this so it says right here, buried in the 1,036 paid federal regulation is an instruction to Medicare physicians to quote, "create and implement an anti-racism plan. So if you get Medicare reimbursement at your clinic, which is a lot of clinics, like most of them, then you've got to have an implemented anti-racism plan. It has to have target goals and milestones, has to prevent and address racism and ongoing training, and do away with explicit and implicit biases. And to advance racial equity in accordance with Biden Executive Order One Three Nine Eight Five, yeah. And next thing you know, it costs more to get your health care. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, heading to hour number three. We'll finish this up and keep moving. Y'all, stay tuned. We'll be right back. Alabama's syndicated news talk leader, Right Side Radio. Phil Williams here live in the Right Side Studios. Hour number three, covering the local, the state, the national, all of the issues. And like the dude just said, solid, conservative, and just plain right. Boomer, it's 4 o'clock on a Friday afternoon. I think we need to replay our sound effect because it's that time. Yes. Hit it. Yes.
1: Friday! Friday! All right. <laughs> nice. People oh. are starting to get in their
0: cars. I'm saying they got they smell the barn, man. <laughs> smell the barn. By the way, have you ever been on a horse that could smell the barn? And good luck reining that sucker in.
1: Oh yes, I had it happen no, to me once. You're right. See, see you later. Yeah, <laughs> I'll see you back at the
0: barn. <laughs> All of a sudden, you're done. That's the most aggravating thing. Um, uh, by the way, new on the text line, Julie from Kentucky. I know who that is. Hey, Julie from Kentucky, how you doing? We're we're glad you're on the text line. Text in every time you want to. Uh, Glenn from Bluntsville. I guess he's talking about that discussion we had about uh, little guy baseball a minute ago. Oh yeah. He says my son got his nose busted from a line drive. Uh, it took him to the rest, <laughs> took him to the restroom, stopped the bleeding. He went back out on the field. There yeah, you go. Yeah, like he said it. he wanted back in the game, bloody shirt and all. Yeah. yeah, you go, Glenn. Yeah, I, I was telling Makes Boomer during the break. I remember uh, I played little league baseball. It was not my sport, um, but I was warming up before a game. Uh, elementary school age, had braces. Somebody called my name. I looked over and didn't see the ball come and smacked me right in the mouth. I'm talking about it was a good it was a good throw too. <laughs> it was like it was no fool. It wasn't the lob. It was a throw, nailed me in the mouth. Braces. Just mauled the inside of my lips. It was hard to eat for a week. Um, who, said that, who said that baseball is not a full contact sport? <laughs> yeah. Chris from Gadsden. Phil, you are obviously blinded by your white privilege. How dare you? Okay. Thank you, Chris. I know who you are, so I'm coming to your house. Anyway, uh, Gary from Athens uh, sent something. What did he say here? Newest cabinet member. He's just got a picture of a guy with a beard in a dress carrying a purse. I guess that's the newest cabinet member for the Biden administration, is what it sounds like. Um, Friendly Neighborhood JTAC from Athens. Uh, friendly Neighborhood JTAC says, at a class at UAH, the professor asked us to determine how much more energy would be required to convert all of Huntsville's vehicles to EV. And the number, he says, was so difficult to comprehend in the quadrillions. He said, I broke it down to annual consumption per person and amounted to a Huntsville population increase of a million people. Wow from where we are now based on current vehicles. He so says I can send you all the math. I'm not sure I'd understand it, but I take your word for it, JTAC. I mean that's just that's just crazy. By the way, shout out to everybody who is watching the video live stream. Uh, appreciate it. We've got a video live stream that goes every single day. Boomer, how many cameras do we have in here?
1: We got we many, got oh, one, one five, two, three, four, five. five or six. <laughs> yes. Like every angle. Every angle.
0: Charlene's going to get mad. Away with anything. I know. Charlene's going to get mad when I say it again, but I can't scratch or anything because it's all on camera.
1: <laughs> all on camera. Yeah. Yeah. Especially um, when I forget to uh, go to a break.
0: Yeah. Oh, shoot. <laughs> Still on. Um but, yeah, those of you all watching the uh, the live feed, uh, thank you very much. You can see the live feed if you go to rightsideradio.org. Uh, there it is. It's also on YouTube. You can pull it up that way. Um, and then uh, what else have I got here on the text line? Tony from Piedmont, ballfields fields just south of Triana and Bob Wallace. Okay. Oh, baseball, he says, was my first. Mm. Oh, I see. No, there's more than one two- text. I got it. Tony, you kill me with your text messaging, <laughs> man. We got to have a texting class. Um <laughs> says, baseball was my first. Coach said, what position do you want to play? I was five, and I said, batter. (laughs) I can see that. Uh, uh, Anyway, what else we got here? Okay, no snowflake trophies, John from Huntsville says. Yeah. Yeah. All right. um, You may want to know, as much as I was talking about racist roads and activist regulators, that apparently the construction industry, I didn't know this, Boomer, the construction industry is rife with systemic racism and sexism.
1: Really? The construction company?
0: Rife. That's R-I-F-E. Rife. Rife. Rife with just dis- disparity, with inequitable decision-making, with systemic inequality and racism and <laughs> disparate treatment and, oh, cats and dogs living together. Anyway, the U.S. Equal Opportunity Employment Commission held a hearing in May of last year which examined the severe and pervasive discrimination in the construction sector. Hmm especially against women and people of color. Mm. Oh. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I've been around the trades a bit. I've had you know, opportunities to do construction law. Mm-hmm. I have interacted with various portions of the trades, everything from bricklayers, electricians, plumbers, general contractors, commercial-grade contractors. I have not seen women clamoring to roof houses have you
1: no i don't think so
0: okay i I have i have i have not seen women of color being kept from being you know the the framers for a house have you no i don't know of many bricklayers that are women do you nope is that because they've been kept out or because they're not asking for the job
1: probably because they're not asking I'd, I mean, I'm sure there's some out there, but, I mean, there's not many, if if any. And I'll be honest with you. I knew that we had a lady paint our house one time, and she was awesome. Y- oh, yeah. We d- we just had a lady paint our house.
0: And I'm talking the exterior of our house. Oh, and wow. She's on ladders. She painted That's it. awesome. We've had our house, our, our old house, we had to have it painted. live lived there 24 years. We had it painted twice while we lived there. Mm-hmm. The first time was this lady who I wished I could have hired the second time, but she wasn't around to do it anymore. But she nailed it in, like, three or four days, had the entire house painted. I'm wow. talking, like. Work with a passion, and then we had this dude come in and do it the next time. And It got to the point that I finally had to call him and say, "Do you still work? Where are you?" <laughs> well, I, I hope you understand. I like to spend some time at the house, sort of warming up in the morning, and spend a little time with my child, and uh, and then I'll, I'll be there. I'll be there by noon or one o'clock. And I said, "You know what? I think I have to find somebody else." All right, but that's the only woman I know of that's in the trades that I've seen. Anyway. Mm-hmm. EEOC Chair Charlotte Burroughs said, Unfortunately, many women and people of color have been shut out of construction jobs or they face discrimination that limits their ability to thrive in these careers. Hmm. Chairman Burroughs said further that discrimination and harassment in construction can be especially harsh and virulent. Displays of nooses, threats of physical harassment, and sometimes physical or sexual assaults. It's, okay, uh... Okay, wow. I'm just going to to say wow. In the article that I've got here, by the way, which quotes every liberal union officer you can think of, is Gary, an iron worker from Alabama, who testified at the hearing that harassment on construction jobs is just not right. That's his testimony. Thank you, Gary. Thank you for participation. We appreciate it. Um, But then they go on to quote how many others say that women in the trades are being suppressed, uh, people of color are being suppressed, And so what happens when that kind of thing is the pervasive—that's, by the way, the U.S. Equal Opportunity Commission, a branch of government, telling you that what they see is that there is not enough diversity in the trades. And so what do they have to do? That means they now have carte blanche to mandate it. I hold in my hands my overly calloused, sometimes broken-finger paratrooper hands— A checklist for the things that you must do for your construction company in order to be ESG compliant. Really? Yes. If you are a micro company with one to four employees, you need to at least have an ESG statement on file. And build relationships with customers and suppliers. I'm pretty sure that's part of business anyway is building your relationships. If you're a small, meaning five to ninety-nine employees, you must engage a consultant to help you with your ESG compliance. And you must enhance your community and locally focused relationships, whatever that means. If you're a medium employer with 100 to 499 employees, you must not only engage a consultant, you must have full-time ESG staff. And if you're a large 500-plus employees contracting firm, you must not only have full-time staff, you must have an ESG department. I am reading to you from a checklist. I will hold it up and show the camera. There it is in my bruised and battered paratrooper hands, right there. If you consider your construction company to be micro or small, you must track ESG initiatives using two or three disclosure metrics. You must volunteer in your community to do things outside of your construction firm. You must also mentor young people and hire summer students or apprentices. These are small companies, by the way. You must buy sustainable local products. This is how you prove that you are ESG compliant. Why does this matter? Well, I read you earlier. If you want to work on one of the ports that they're putting $666 million in, you have to be ESG compliant. Pray tell, what else can we do here? I don't know. Maybe things like having commitments from senior management and the board of directors on ESG overgoing, ongoing oversight and including ESG in the organization's strategic plan. I ask you, do you think this is going to make your roads better? Is what I'm reading to you going to make you feel better about driving on that road or walking in that building or riding in that elevator? Do you feel like your roof will better protect you from the elements if your contracting firm was ESG compliant? And I would hazard a guess that the answer is no. Because what we're looking at here is what happens when people are allowed to say that there are things like racist roads and then activist regulators are allowed to get involved. Next thing you know, Medicare is requiring an ESG plan to root out systemic racism in the medical field. Contracting companies are being told they have to be ESG compliant to get contracts to work on things that they've always worked on. And everything becomes more expensive and takes longer to do because activist regulators are out there looking for an opportunity to put a solution to the problems they created. What it means to be a first world country. Mm. All right, folks, I'll tell you what, we're taking a break right now. We'll come right back. I'm going to scan the news real quick, see if we got anything else on this second object they shot down over Alaska, because dang, I mean, I got to say, that's pretty brassy if China did this again. We shoot down one, they send another. That, That's something. We'll see. In the meantime, we'll also move to number three on the Triple Dipper here on a Friday afternoon, getting us a round of home fries. What's happening around the state of Alabama? I'll tell you. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back.